Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt knows Drew Stoltz. Uh, if you're watching on audio, you can obviously see I'm not in the studio with the sleazy man. I'm down at Grove 23 in Florida having a time with some of the boys. Got to play with world number eight, Justin Thomas, today. Reigning PGA champion, by the way. Just because you were wondering, sleaze, I closed him out on 16. I was wondering. That was going to be my first question. When did you – not how did it go or what did you shoot? When did you close him out? That was going to be my first question. So good to get that out of the way quick. Got two aside from JT, which I think is more than fair. He birdied the first, and I was three up through six. I got mm. a little hot with the putter. I was I was rolling pretty good, three under through six. Ended up shooting a clean scorecard, four under 68. Closed him out on 16. Let him uh, run it back. He made a miracle par on 17 from the water, basically. I'll show you a video of it later. And then he birdies 18 like true champions do, and we pushed. Wow. He hasn't been in a battle like that since the Prezi Cup. Luckily, it was uh, – it was luckily, a your Canadian citizenship didn't come in yet. Could have been back-to-back. -back. You know what I mean? I agree. i tell you what, though. The game was pretty nice today considering, you know, flying across the country, having a little bit of a time, talked to you on FaceTime with some of the boys last night. And, uh, I recall. Yeah, and the cow by the way, Cowboys win again. Cooper Rush, MVP. I've been telling you, dude. You're just wasting money. Guys sitting on the sideline. You got the red. You got the little baby red rifle. You ain't Dalton. He ain't Andy Dalton, of course. But he's the next best thing like when you it comes call him to the baby red rifle. He's like the little red BB gun. You know what I mean? Dalton was the rifle. He's a little BB gun. He's doing a hell of a job. It's going to be hard to sit a kid that's done nothing but win. You got a little help from the D uh, this past week. But um, I'm glad we're talking NFL. I refuse to speak on the Broncos. They shall not be named until Sierra's husband tightens the shit up a good bit. Thank the Lord I got the Horn Frogs rolling for me, which, by the way, Another chicken dinner on the football bet. I'm going to try to go unbeaten on the season college football, win only the subpar picks, and then lose every other bet I make, which continued this week, by the way. By the way, we both picked a winner. Congratulations. Your streak is still going, but I also gave you a winner as well. Who'd you have? I forgot who you had even. Mississippi State. Mike Leach, my guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The Bulldogs. More cowbell. More cowbell yep. down there. And we got a winner on the golf. We're back on a golf hot streak. Tom Kim coming through. Hey, uh, have a couple months, bud. Six months ago, no one had hurt this name in the world of golf. Now he's on the tip of everybody's tongue across the world. This thing was crazy. How about Joe Scovern? Shout out our boy Joe. Uh, had a nice, really nice run. Long run with Rick. That thing washed out. I remember sitting with him on radio a month or so ago, right before the FedEx Cup started. And I was like, got any names in mind? Who are you thinking? You know, he's like, I'm going to let the FedEx Cup play out. Guys probably won't make a switch during that. And then we'll see how it goes. Next thing you know, oh, here comes a guy named Tom Kim. They got President's Cup and then Shriners under their belt as a duo. And based on what I've seen in the quotes from Tom Kim, that um, relationship ain't going anywhere for a while. He's been very complimentary. So good good decision. Does that count as a double win for us since we've had Joe and Tom on? That's double. Well, of course, we're going to pad our stats, dude. That's the whole point of stats. You just fit them to make them whatever, fit whatever narrative you want. Man, he was cruising, though. And then all of a sudden, 18 came. And by the way, I've hit it where Patrick Cantlay did. Uh, one year I finished double bogey, triple bogey to finish 12th there. It's not good down the left at TPC Summerlin. Uh, Patrick Cantley kind of gift wrapped it a little bit. Sure. Would it yeah. look like we possibly might be heading to a playoff? But Tom Kim, apparently the kid's for real. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, Cantley kind of gave it to him there on 18, but he was toe to toe. You go back to his other win at the Wyndham, did it completely different. Started, what, two shots back that day, shot a 61 final round. The thing was never in question basically early into the back nine. It was just like, don't have a disaster and you're going to win. This one was different battling with 
not only another player, but one of the best in the world in Patrick Cantlay. When Patrick Cantlay hit the three wood off 18 and I saw the shot tracker, I was like, no, dude, malfunction. There's no possible way nope. Patrick Cantlay would miss left on that hole. I had, I would have bet a shitload of money that this thing is going anywhere but left. I could not believe. And then he obviously got it in the bush. He was kind of hang. He had to try, to try to hit it out there, especially with a three shot cushion on second. But um, damn near cost himself a lot of money without that, what, 30 foot putt for trip? 30 foot for expensive triple. triple. Could have been an expensive triple. Ended up, you know, tying for second instead of solo. But I was you gotta floored stay by that. Book. Yeah, you got to stay out the bush, dude. What, what decade is this? You got to avoid the bush at all costs. You know what I'm talking about? By the way, even if he would have gutted it there, I'm not convinced Tom Kim doesn't stack it and make it. If he hits it within 25 feet, I pretty much think it's going in. If he had to, he would have done it. Yeah, dude. He's a, he's a little killer. He ain't afraid of nothing. He's in that little pocket right now where shit he's just seems easy and he's having fun. He's one of those guys that we talked about. Like, I mean, he's 20 years old. He's not legal. So Vegas is like no harm to him. Yeah. Oh, dude. I was like... Most guys dream. All right, second, what's your most memorable win on tour? Well, when I won in Vegas, and then we went out and did what we did. I don't know what the hell Tom's doing. He, he just went to his first party a few weeks ago, so and he's got that under his belt. Probably got blasted on water again. He got excited about pizza showing up at the after party, and not, not the tequila. No big deal. God, I would love to get blasted on water one time. Be helpful. Be I would helpful love to see that did drink the trick. water one time. Yeah, I know. I know. By the way, I need, need to mix that my in. Shoulder? Can you see over my shoulder right here? That's that's Gary. Oh yeah, there he is. There's Gary. <laughs> There's the little fella. <laughs> There's the little fella right there. Well, what's your routine like the the rest? How many more days? What do you got? Who you got? All that. Yeah. So Monday to today's obviously Monday as we're recording this, but I flew here yesterday. Um, we're playing the next couple of days. Got action every single day. Uh, Bobby Wade, my man from Houston, just has a whole group in town, and they are not scared to get amongst it. We're staying at the cottages here at Grove 23. Uh, I want to move in. They're the nicest thing I've ever seen. It's absolutely incredible. Um, the Wayno, Wayne Gretzky, played with us today. He just left. He's got to go to Colorado for puck drop of opening night of the NHL. Uh, but I tell you what, it's it's uh, it's a hell of a place. You've been here. It is uh, uh, Gary. Sorry, Gary in the locker room told me to say hello. Oh, yes. Shout out, Gary. Thomas said what up. Yeah. Been a minute. Been a hot minute. But it is uh it is a special place, man. It's a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of action going on. JT was nice enough to come out and play with us today. He's got a practice session tomorrow in the morning since he got his ass whipped today. But I I'm confident he's gonna bounce back. Things are okay. Things yeah. are okay. After every dark night, there's a bright day. Tupac said that, and Tupac knows. Actually, I was gonna show you my Grove twenty three cup, but this one doesn't even say Grove on it. My, my cup full of doers right here. Styrofoam all day makes every drink better. And that's a perfect segue, Colt, before we get to the doers moment of the week. This is actually a special moment in whiskey history because doers is releasing the all-new doers 12-year-old. Doers has really invested the time to make a truly special scotch whiskey, like all the time you put in on the range to perfect your swing. The new doers 12-year-old is double-aged and finished in first-fill bourbon casks for a flavor profile full of fruit, Vanilla, floral notes, and spice, earning a 94-point rating from Whiskey Cast and a 93-point rating from Whiskey Advocate. Give it a swing, and please, of course, enjoy responsibly. Now, the doer's moment of the week. BG, I'm going to leave it to you since you're on the road right now. You kind of already said it, maybe. Well, please, I'll tell you this. By the way, I decided to cover our clubs. Mine and 
JT's clubs back here because it's raining in Florida, as it always does. I don't understand why people live here, other than the state income tax. But I will say, I mean, should I make a comeback? I, I recently took down the number 16th ranked player in the world, Max Homa. Just made my way through number eight, Justin Thomas. I mean, I don't, I don't know, bud. I think it might be time. Can you uh, negotiate four shots per round on the PJ Tour? That's a good point. I do like you know? the shots. That's I am something. very good at parring my I think Monahan would be okay with that, honestly, right now, given everything going on. I think this slides to the back burner. He's like, yeah, give it. You also lose a bet to Randy Smith if you come back. It's true. 500 bucks. God. Golf.com. That's a lot of doers in the belly. You know what I mean? It is. But Grove 23, if you ever get the chance, you got to come. It is an incredible experience. We got people yelling on the back patio right now. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it is a special place. And how about our guest this week, please? Former NFL player, Kyle Long. You and I, neither of us, we didn't know him at all. He agrees to come on the pod. He is a beauty. He's awesome. I don't know if you've listened to any of the green light stuff he does. I heard him on part of my take. He pops on there a good bit. He's awesome. He's just getting into golf, it sounds like. He loves it, consumes everything, golf, reading books, doing all the shit, looking for that career after a career. And um, it's funny how golf does that. But, man, it was fun to sit down with this guy. He's a he's a great one. If you could get, um, you know, uncensored, grabbing a beer, hanging at the bar. He got some good stories. And, by the way, if you ever listen to he and his brother on their podcast, like, there's a couple of smart dudes, by the way. They're not like your stereotypical NFL guys. They get into some deep shit. They chop it up, and they got some unique thoughts. He's a fun guy to talk to, man. All right, well, let's get to it. Here's Kyle Long on Golf Subpar. Okay, folks, this one's going to be a fun one here because we're a couple of golf dudes that love talking about football, and we got an actual football dude who loves talking about some golf. He's a three-time pro bowler with the Chicago Bears. We got Kyle Long. What's up, Kyle? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Good, man. Thanks for coming, dude. Uh, By the way, you just let me know you're fresh off the range, early morning session. Out in Virginia, how'd it go this morning? It went well. Uh, it gets hot out here, so if you can sneak out in the morning after the baby wakes up, after you get a little cuddle time in and, you know, maybe do some dishes or something, then you can sneak out and get like an hour out there. I work some uh, wedges and I putt a little bit, but they had just punched the Birdwood is where I went today. It's where UVA plays and I, they had just punched their practice green. They have like a really beautiful practice green and it was a beach, so I just picked it up from there and went to the short game area. And that's really where I've been told most of the shots happen. So I'm practicing a lot there and getting a feel for my, like uh, my 90, I call it a 90 degree swing where I'm picking it up to my hip essentially, and just letting gravity happen and praying to God that I'm athlete enough to have my hands figure it out on the way through. Uh, but it's been fun, man. It's, it's a fun journey as you guys know, and it's just as frustrating as anything else in life. Um, I, I'm married just over a year. I have a, a five month old daughter, nearly five month old daughter. And the game of golf is new to me like four years and I'm really taking it seriously now. And there's nothing in life that makes me more frustrated than golf, but there's also nothing in life that makes me get out of bed at 5.00 AM on vacation to sneak in around before everybody else is awake. And then I'll bring everybody breakfast home, but that's the beauty of golf. Yeah, you're, and you're all in. I mean, you got this bug. I looked at your Instagram. I mean, basically every single picture on there is a golf swing of yours. 
Yeah. And they're getting, you know, the, I take a, I scroll down like three times and I click and I say, God, that's such a terrible move, but I'm not going to be the guy that deletes it. I'm going to keep everything up. I'm going <laughs> to own my move. And one day, hopefully I can look back and say, look, if you go and you show up enough and you keep working at something with intent, the way that the way that we're designed as humans is like we're gonna figure stuff out if we stick to it and that's that's the story of our uh that's the story of our species and golf is challenging that um evolution now so for all of us yeah so you're an official golfer you say you love it but it's also the thing that drives you the most crazy in the whole world so you're an official official golfer right now you said you got into it four years ago what caused you to get into because that's pretty late by like golf standards right and it's hard the later you get what what caused you to get into it yeah i was like i remember i was turning 30 and uh i went out to play with some buddies of mine in spring ball and it was the first spring in like three years that i had been healthy enough to go play golf with some of the guys and they were all really good matt sloss an offensive lineman played at nebraska and the bears big tatted up burly dude he looks like every biker from like a comedy movie <laughs> that's working like the door at a biker bar um, and he's got tremendous, he looks like, a uh, he looks like belly Corda out there. He's like a big fat, <laughs> tempo. Belly Corda. Belly Corda. he's like a big fat tempo. God, he has a, he has a podcast as well, but he's a big golfer. Um, and he got me into it and I went out there and I couldn't even get it off the, you know, the tee box. I couldn't even get to the fairway and it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. I was a guy who played baseball guy who played football. I, I consider myself an athlete golf is the great equalizer is the most humbling thing that you can do and it's why i enjoy it it's why millions of people flock to it well i'm sure you saw the clips recently of yeah. jalen rose trying to hit up at the champions tour event uh he couldn't even make contact with the ball so don't be too hard on yourself because it was a, a pretty feel damn good, good moment when i saw jalen swing <laughs> but then i take a look in the uh, reflection of my camera right now and i see my hairline and then i take a look at jalen's and i say well there's some things that i have that he doesn't and there's some things that he has that i will never have i think your hair looks great if you want to feel Thank even you. better there's a video of somewhere of lebron yep. trying to hit one on a range at like a top golf and it's like i mean that's maybe the greatest athlete in the world athletically yeah. and he can't even put the club on it so it's amazing but i see a guy like rory walk i see a guy like rory walking around stomping around behind scheffler about to come like crawl up his ass um this past weekend it's like that guy's a freak He's built like yep. a little beast. He's uh, there's a reason Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, and these little white dudes have success in the NFL. It's because they work really hard. They know what they're doing, um, and they catch the ball when it's thrown to them in big situations. And in golf, the version of catching the ball when it's thrown to you in big situations is sticking one stiff out of the sand, or um, you know, on 15, I think it was right. He, he went out of the sand on 15, or no, no, he uh, Scheffler went out of the sand. He went out of the people on 15 yeah, and, on, and put on 16 stiff, yeah 16 and then he mm -hmm. drained the putt that's like edelman catching a ball in the super bowl like so we see that side of the athletics clearly the clutch gene uh what we know but what we don't see is rory and pads running around i'd love to see that he's, he's a great athlete uh he would get killed he's <laughs> that, a great you know, athlete. maybe he wouldn't get touched maybe he wouldn't get touched. that's true yeah, I mean, slot guy. We, we're, we're going to talk about some football later on because I, I got a little PGA Tour NFL question for you. But, I mean, you're, you can't be the easiest guy to fit golf clubs to. You're six foot six. I mean, you're an absolute monstrous human. Give us a little idea, like, what the specs are in Kyle Long's golf clubs. So I went to a club champion. A buddy of mine named Sam Lloyd found me on Twitter and was like, I need to fit you. He saw me crouching over the ball like three months ago. With a set of PXGs, great clubs, I was using the second gen 
really forgiving. Um, and he saw me crouch over the ball. He said, you need to come in and get a fitting with me. I texted my buddy. He vouched for him. He said, club champions, a great spot to go. Um, you should go check him out. And I went in there and I spent like an hour and a half hitting, um, you know, an hour and a half of like hit and drop it, hit and drop it, hit and drop it, like batting practice, essentially. I was drenched in sweat. And I got fit. I think it's like an inch and a half plus on each one. I have steel shafts and I got the Bryson grips. Um, I have. Oh, really? So, you got to have the big boy grips. I figured you had I big have, grips. I didn't know they'd be that big. Like 12 I wraps. Have, yeah. I have massive grips. And it's just the they, they make them now where it's just one grip. Like I play with a couple old heads that used to play in the NBA that are like 6'10 with Shrek hands. And they say, man, look at them. Let me see those grips. And they feel them and they go, God, this feels so good. Back in the day, we used to have to wrap 14 layers around this so that it wouldn't get lost in your palm um so yeah i got that going for me i got the uh the ferals i learned what ferals are i got a beautiful tuxedo stripe ferals on uh, all my irons and yeah i got a set of, he asked me the, the way that i got my tailor-made set he said um what do you have in your bag in pga 2k because we couldn't figure out what i wanted and i didn't want pxg because i didn't want to spend all that money and he said what do you have in your bag on, P on uh, PGA? Cause I don't want to sell you on anything. And I said, well, I use tailor-made cause I like the concept of like something's tailor-made for you. You know what I'm saying? Like a bespoke suit. Mm -hmm. There's nothing sexier than putting on a suit. Colt, you know what I'm talking about when it fits <laughs> you the it, right man. way, when it fits you the right way, bro, there's nothing better in the world. That's what's much holding, easier to fit me for golf clubs than a suit. So that's what holding my clubs <laughs> felt like when I first got them. And then when I first went out to play with them, being that they were an inch and a half longer, I was, you know, standing up straighter at a dress. My game has been all over the place, but I'm developing good habits. My misses are good misses. And um, I'm happy with it. The game's fun. And yeah, I love it's It's important to get uh, fit for clubs for sure. If you're getting no started. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't, you're not an off-the-rack type of a dude. <laughs> no. You ain't going to have a whole lot of luck with that. But when you're going out, you're obviously big into this. I want to get into some of this literature that you said you've been reading on golf uh, recently. But when you go out and play and you're with your boys and stuff, are you, like, head down, focused, or are you, you know, have some drinks, listen to music, that type of guy? Well, on the way to the course, I do listen to a lot of the Rotella stuff. Um <laughs> I love that. Golf's not a game of once, perfect. But that's just on the way to the course. Now, when I'm at the course, I do try to uh, immerse myself in the round because the root, the roots of playing are in competition, but the things we really enjoy, the side effects, the positive ones of golf are you're in nature, you're with your friends, you get some hours blocked off to yourself where you don't have to look at your cell phone and all that shit. And that's the great thing about golf, and that's what I try to immerse myself in. Now, um, along the way, there's going to be horrible shots more often than not. They're going to be not pretty from me, but, uh, I love hitting the great ones. And when you do, it's like, see that that golfer's in there. Sometimes I've been playing recently, um, like the nine hole course at Farmington country club where I belong in Charlottesville. And it's a beautiful course. Um, they have a little nine hole track. I don't bring my driver. I have a little Sunday bag hybrids, the biggest of three, four hybrids, the biggest club I have. And we go out and we just. Sometimes we'll play two balls, a guy, and that's the kind of style we play. It's, it's the same guy who fit me for clubs, Sam Wood. I'll go play with him. And he's a really good golfer. He's like a plus one. He's like a, not a plus one. He's a one. Um, and he's fun to play with. He's a really good golfer. As you guys know, when you play with somebody who's better than you as a young guy in golf, who I am, I consider myself like a 12 year old in the golf world. 
Um, it's like watching a college golfer or something, and I can learn something from him all the time. And when I play two balls, um, I can hit a shot, and then he can say, okay, now try this with your second shot. And mm. it's fun to see it happen in front of you. And it's like that second golfer is a fucking five handicap. Yeah. Like, for, real, for, yeah. for real, though, like if we're, you know, it's in there, even if you are 12, like I am, the five is in there somewhere. And that's what you're chasing. It's like, uh, you know, really bad heroin addiction or something. <laughs> I was so we, that's how we explain. I it, was too. playing a practice round with Spieth one time and we, we dropped and hit. I hit I hit a shot and it was shit. And I dropped another one, hit it perfect. And I was like, yeah, Jordan, that second guy flies private. He goes. Colt, the first guy over here does too. It's <laughs> yeah. like you sick son of a bitch. Fuck you, Jordan. Yeah. I heard Whatever. I heard a Michael, Give me a ride. I heard a Michael Jordan story. It was Jordan and Bird, and Larry Bird hit like a corner three in Michael's face. And he said, That's how they give me all them Mercedes. Or he said, That's how I get all them Mercedes. And then Michael comes down and fucking sticks one right in his eye. And he's like, That's why they give me the Mercedes and the Ferrari. And that's kind <laughs> that's of good. that. That's kind of the same thing we were talking about, what I've been reading. It's like Tiger and Phil. Um, do you always hit your three with that far? Usually further. Yeah. Um, that's the part of the game that's great. And I'm learning how to do that because I'm in my own head enough. I need to take that energy and throw it on somebody else and be toxic. Find a way to find a way to get into somebody else's head instead of my own. See, and I wish, honestly, like with golf trying to become more entertaining, I wish there was more of that on the PGA Tour. I wish there was some shit talking. I mean, there's a story about Phil bringing up how he had, um, how he had, had dinner with, Tony Romo at Pebble Beach when Tony Romo was Tiger Woods' partner. Yes. Like just to just to try to get in Tiger's head. And Phil so played great. Hey, great winning. having dinner with you. What do you say? Great yeah. having dinner with you last yeah, night, that was Tony. Great. Yeah, that Tony. was so fun last night. <laughs> yeah. Patting him on the back. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. I wish there was more of that. It would be more entertaining to watch if we could hear these guys talking yeah. shit to each other. Oh, that's, I think that's, Tony wanted to crawl into a hole. That's it. Don't and I think that's like the fourth dimension in golf fandom, right? Is being able to really get in, into who these guys are between uh you know on the way to 17 but in the woods up the hill behind ropes like what are they what are they talking about back there because i went to the u.s I, i've only been to one pro um event and that was the u.s open at brookline and uh, what'd you think man it was spectacular uh the like the one image i can't get out of my head is um you you could you could feel the focused energy at the, at the tee boxes, um, even with a massive crowd around, um, just waiting to breathe, sneeze, fart, whatever, laugh. Like, <laughs> but these guys are at a dress, and it's like that Kevin Costner movie for the love of the game. Clear the mechanism when you're on that mound, and every everything goes you know blurry. It's like you're looking through a peephole in a hotel. Um, down a hallway it's all you're focused on is that and that's these guys at address and one guy in particular long story short was adam scott and when i watched him um on the left side uh in the you know first cut address his ball step off address his ball change clubs these guys are taking their time i get up i hit a bad shot i'm so embarrassed about the shot that i just hit i'm gonna get up quick address it and whack it probably gonna hit another bad shot right that's what i that's what i need to avoid and and when you go watch the best at what they do they're taking their time like this is their time and did you get being at that tournament that being your first tournament when you see these dudes hit it in real life it's like for us when we go to a football game and we're able to get down close to the field like holy shit you get an appreciation for how big these dudes are how fast they're moving how hard they're hitting on every play it doesn't come across on tv same with golf you just see the track you know the shot tracer and you're like oh it's straight but when you see it in real life everything's pure totally everything's different pure. animal 
Um, yeah, yeah and then you're, you're standing, I'm standing back behind the tee box, looking down the barrel of a long par four. Not one of these dog legs either way. You know the type, straight away, long par four, protected either side, maybe some natural boundaries on the right. And, and I'm like, Jesus, what do I even hit here? I'm probably hitting a, you know, in my mind, I was like, I got to hit a six iron here and then another six iron and then make a two putt. But these guys get up. Some of them hit driver. Some of them hit three wood. There's water on the right. There's, you know, sand on the left. And it looks like a mile long. And they're all within 20 yards of one another at varying distances um, in terms of length. But it's incredible the, 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 sp the spread of the balls. And you sit in one spot and you watch a couple groupings or, you know, come through. They're all in the same area. They all have different ways to get there in terms of the way their ball flies. And I wish we need to invent something where you can wear like a, a, a goggle while you're at a tournament and it can give you the shot tracer um, mm. like an overlay. That would be, I think that, that would, would make sick. my job a lot easier. Yeah. I would never lose the ball in the sky and say it's right down the middle when it's actually it's a fucking bunker. <laughs> you wouldn't have to rely on Skippy who was sitting over there smoking his weed pen. Who's like, I think the ball yeah. lands over here, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listen to anyone out there, but are you, are you all in on the weekends? Like you're watching every bit of golf you can, or no, well, is it well, something you'd rather I really, I don't watch as much as I should. Um, obviously watching live was really cool. I'm going to start watching more. Um, when I was watching, I follow Max, obviously everybody loves Max, but I had an opportunity to play with Max and Joe in Scottsdale this past spring. And it was a great opportunity to see a really good guy, good dude who is a great player. And Joe obviously is a really good stick as well. Um, and he's a lefty. So that was fun to watch. So I watch Max and uh, a couple of the other guys, Cam Smith has been fun to watch, but now uh, he's going elsewhere. He's still going to be watchable. Um, yeah. And like I said, Rory, obviously the good ones, you know, the, I, I like to focus on the really good ones, but I don't keep up with week to week. Um, and with football starting here, I'm going to be watching nothing but uh, the pigskin yep. stuff. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I don't that. blame you. By the way, Max, you should probably copy that tempo if you're looking That's for a, a tempo. That's a good one to emulate if you're trying to get right. He's great. He's pretty awesome. We got the scouting report on that round, actually, from Max and Joe uh, talking about your game. Said you're the one of the greatest four-iron players in the history of the world. Driver doesn't come out of the bag a whole lot, but that four-iron, they said you were Hogan-esque. They are good guys. They are good guys. And that's why I sing their praises every opportunity I have. And, you know, I really look forward to playing, you know, potentially with great players like yourselves. And I want to see you guys go at it um, in terms of the, chir it's, the chirping. It's like Max, I like, I like the chirp. I like the chirping. That's really like if you can if you're a good chirp and you're a good hang, like, let's go play golf. If you're not going to get frustrated, that's what I tell guys when they're like, you know, so you golf. Would you ever play with me? And I'm like, hey do you make uh, a time spent with me shitty that's really the question right like, <laughs> that's a good that's good a good question yeah i actually was with max yesterday and he made a hole in one at whisperock yeah. seven iron just gorgeous from 209 down the hill it got right to its peak and it's right online i go max i really, didn't really want to drink today and this thing lands and goes right in the middle i'm like god can't damn turn it. out a free Tough one shit, can't turn down uh, a free one no, but he he's at the point now he has to give me two aside. So I love oh. chirping him when I make four for three on my stroke holes and it just pisses him off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I got called on the other day is so people have obviously been giving me dots. I get dot holes, strokes. And mm -hmm. yeah. um, one time I said, 
I always say what I'm really laying. I don't say what I'm netting. And the guy got mad at me. He was like, because you're dotting, you're laying four, you're laying two. I was like, no, no, I'm laying three. I got a par putt coming. He was like, no, you have a birdie putt. He's like, this is, you, you have tell a that guy to relax. Okay. Yeah, I I've get, never heard anyone say that. Yeah. You say also, I'm laying three, I get a pop. Another thing that happened today, I wanted to clear the air about this, and I almost recorded a video in my car, but it's like I'm at the range today, and there's a guy in T-shirt and shorts, probably like 50, old athlete. He only has a driver with him. He's got two gloves on, and he has like a, a small bucket of balls probably, and he is going through this bucket of balls so fast, and the balls are coming whizzing right by me. I'm standing like three three lanes away from him essentially and he runs out of balls and i have a large bucket halfway done and i look at him and i say take some of these man i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm taking my time i got somewhere to be here shortly anyway uh, i'm not gonna finish these he goes oh thanks man you know i really appreciate it i didn't want to have to do that and i hit like three more i hit like three more balls and the guy sprints over in the middle of my backswing. He goes, getting three more. And he two hand scoops out of my bucket like a grown man. <laughs> it was just me and him at the range. And these are the only balls on the range. The guy comes over, oh. two hand scoops. And I, you know, I hit it. I step off and I'm like, you got it, man. Like I wasn't being like uh, malignant with my words at all. I was like, hey, man, you got it. I was so chilling in the moment. Like I said, you can like, if you're on a golf course, anything could happen and you're just you better be happy. You just better be nothing happy. Nothing like a, nothing like a morning range session where you just hit a hundred drivers. That's a ballsy dude Jesus. to steal a bunch of balls from. Kyle. He was a big guy. He was a big you know? guy. I'll give it to him. Maybe he, he had that hands. Big. He ain't as big as you. He ain't that big. He ain't big enough. That's when you got to get out there if you're him and run and grab some of the short wedges yeah. that people hit to warm up and take your life into your own hands. Like how bad do you want to hit three more shots? I do like getting to know guys that are from different generations. And that's one thing I appreciate about golf is I get to go out and play with guys who I've never met. Like I, I'm, started belonging to this country club and they want you to play with members. So they try to set you up with rounds with people and I meet folks and I'm from this town. I meet folks that I didn't know in a small town and it's cool that are, they're in different types of businesses. And, you know, I was in the NFL. I don't know shit about finance. I don't know anything about my taxes. I don't know anything about, you know, who does my insurance or what, whatever. <laughs> These guys can teach you a lot. These guys and gals that you meet at golf courses because there's a reason that they can, you know, afford to be out there every Thursday and Friday and point. Saturday. And there's a reason maybe Trish is there every 10 a.m. on every Tuesday practicing because, you know, she might run her own business. You could learn something from her. And that's the way I've been treating a lot of these rounds. Not like I'm trying to take something from golf um, in a bad way, but it's it's a good way to keep you involved. And it's a good social thing, too. And also for work, I guess. uh People like to play golf, even the bosses at my job. So that's been a lot of fun. Everyone yeah. likes to play golf. You meet a lot of very interesting people. But I got to question one thing you've done, because you told me you recently introduced your wife to the game, and that's a very bold oh, play, shit, my friend. Kyle. <laughs> Careful, bud. I, you know what? I've got a, I got a really good one, and uh, I think I'm, I'm making this move. I'm sacrificing myself and my, my freedoms as a man, because we just had a daughter. 
And I know that this my the second guy that I play with usually I told you he's a five handicap. I think my daughter has got she's got scratch in her. And if my okay. wife, if my wife is on board before she's like, you know, three years old with golf and she can be part of this journey, you know, I might have to go uh, you know, Captain Insano and just, you know, have this girl in the high chair hitting wedges uh like uh Mr. <laughs> Woods, like or like Earl did it. Uh, I just Richard read, or whatever. Yeah. That 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 so book, yeah. Earl Woods, uh being, you know, Tiger was what, not even a year old, and he's sitting in the high chair watching oh, yeah. him in the garage. Uh I want my wife to be on board with that. When I start to go a little sideways okay. as a dad, you know, sense. that's my thinking. I'm thinking down the road. See, in yeah. my opinion, it's just that's that's well, my alone time. That's your sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, that's this where is I get like away. my zen spot where like, all right, there's no babies crying, no nothing. This is just get away, there's have just, some pops. There's adult men the crying. Fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's some men crying. She lets me get away, so that's good. I mean, I do. You know, we work hard, we play hard. You guys know how it goes. I mean, there's a lot more that, that goes into this than just showing up and turning on the camera. Um, you guys work really hard over at Subpar, and you got to put out a product every week, and you know, with what I do with the Sunday show and my brother and I have a podcast, check out green light pod. We talk yeah, everything, did, yeah. NFL, everything like that. Chris is a really bright dude. Um, and a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, but you know, everybody works hard. And if you have something you enjoy, you can't tell me, no, I mean, you can't tell me, no, if I really am enjoying something and you love me, you got, if you love them, let them leave. What is the thing? What the hell do they say? If, if you love it, if, let it go. You love it. Let it go. And if it comes back, then it's love or some shit like That's that. That's golf, like that. baby. It's just four we're big hours. readers over here. It's we're just big four hours. Let me go. Come on. That's fair. What got you? You mentioned your podcast and your Sunday show. What got you into the NASCAR? Uh, the NASCAR stuff just kind of happened organically as a hobby. Growing up in Central Virginia, people really like either 24 or they really like three. And, um, there was a lot of the kids pissing on the numbers on the back of the cars. You guys know the, yeah. the bumper stickers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I liked three and I still do Austin Dillon shout out Austin Dillon. He wanted Daytona going to be in the playoffs. Uh, Paul Swan and I did a podcast or essentially a YouTube show for NASCAR last year. Paul Swan, who is a, he's really high up in the AD three pit crew. We did a podcast last year, essentially covering the weeks to week, the week to week off the track stuff for these drivers. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, I do iRacing behind me. I have my racing simulator and oh, wow. yeah. I do everything from, you know, 24 hour GT3 races and um, NASCAR, Formula One, all that stuff. And it's, it's fun to do. Yeah, you you're, you got your foot in a, in a lot of different things here. I want to go back to, uh, you said you, on your Twitter, you're like, I've been digging into golf literature, right? I want to know, give me some of the books. I believe one of the ones that you um, that you've read was the Shipnuck book. Don't yep. say his name, on Phil. Don't he say his name. He shan't be named. Book on <laughs> Phil. He's like Bruno. Uh, give me because Colt and I haven't read it. We're not big readers, but uh, tell it. Give us the breakdown on that book. Was it a smear on on Phil, or did you come away liking Phil more? What it was, uh, you know, those roasts that they do where they bring all the top people from the late night comedy central yes. and they bring them in and yeah. they, ro they roast their buddies and love those. it's They're kind of, it, it's in, and you walk away going, man, he either wore it well, or they didn't wear it well. I didn't get to see Phil's reaction to the book, but, uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a phenomenal read, um, for a guy who has never read anything about golf and, I had just read the Tiger book with uh, the Armin Katayan book 
And that was fascinating. And to go to Phil, they were just like polar opposites, but they're both, you know, sharks in their own way. Um, they called him fig jam, uh, which is fuck. I'm good. Just ask me. And there's so many guys that we know as fig jams without calling them fig jams. Like that's, that's a great (laughs) way to put your finger on something. Um, I really like what they did there. The stories, man, it's all about the stories. And a lot of it was pre cell phone stuff. A lot of it was pre internet. I get to hear about that era from my dad who played from 81 to 95, which is like the heyday, like the last like the last bas- the last bastion of privacy for pro athletes really um and to get to have a look at that and then you know uh phil being at asu wild um just being so good some of the guys you play with the gambling um i'm not a gambler so some of these numbers are astronomical and i'm not a golfer so some of these numbers are astronomical whether you're a gambler or not they're astronomical yeah i don't if you're <laughs> yeah. a you bleed blood they're astronomical and like some of the shady characters the involvement with shady characters uh it's wild and you know i'm not even gonna get into the live stuff and i'm I'm not against talking about that but uh that's just a that's just a chapter bro that's like the live stuff is just like a chapter in the book i would i would definitely read it let me ask you this if you're phil and you read that book, would you come away pissed? Like this paints me in a bad light or would you be like, that was fair. And that was actually like pretty, you know, on my side. Well, Phil did have some, um, openings along the journey to speak with Alan by, uh, by Alan's accounts. And Phil gave him some, you know, his two cents every once in a while when asked a question, but Alan had a book that he was writing. And I don't know if I think Phil wasn't blindsided by it, Hopefully he wasn't too taken aback by it um, because the, sh- the shit is already public. It's just like a deeper dive into it. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that was groundbreaking, but it was just detailed. And it gave guys like me uh, a vision of what Phil was really like behind that charming smile and that beautiful swing. Yeah, yeah I actually fair. heard it was very fair. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it wasn't unauthorized. Like a job. The thing that bothered me was the unauthorized biography, like, I liked wow. it. It was kind of like, you know, punk edgy on the cut. Yeah. They crossed it out unauthorized. So I was like, hey, you know what? I like it. I think after Aaron, the quotes that got him in trouble in February, he could write the most glowing book in history about Phil and he ain't going to like it. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you brought up your dad. I want to go back to that because obviously growing up, you know, watching him play football. What was that like? I'm like, when you started to take football seriously, was there like extra pressure on you and your brother to be great considering who your dad was? Yeah. I mean, uh, when I when I was five, he retired and he had won a Super Bowl, obviously, and in LA. I mean, I can only imagine what the hell that was like. That's like homo winning, you know, in LA. Um, it's cool. LA is a great town. So we moved to Virginia after the earthquakes and the riots and, you know, all that stuff. They retired. We moved to Virginia and I didn't play football until I was, you know, 16, really. And it was when my younger brother was slotted to become the varsity quarterback and my dad and I had always asked my dad if I, you know if I could play football and he would say Kyle it's not for everybody and that was his way of kind of saying you're a pussy <laughs> <laughs> that's great as you're yeah, six six and truck I, I'm a nice kid. kid you know I'm friendly like I consider myself a kid I've referred to myself as a 12 year old multiple times this conversation but like that's just the reality of it like uh and dad saw that and what he didn't see was a guy who was really loyal and protective of his family. And when I came to the football team, 
as a sophomore, my younger brother was a freshman starter. It was like, you know, the, 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 the string orchestra started playing and it just made sense. Like things just, things worked. Um, and the same thing with baseball, honestly, but there was some things that I could channel in football that I couldn't in baseball and getting to chuck people around and have fun out there was a great time. And yeah, there was a tremendous amount of pressure. Every kid who played against me fucking hated me. Uh, every team I played against thought my dad had paid the refs. Um, of course, you know, every D lineman tried, you know, most D linemen were trying to cut my legs out before they wouldn't even let me block them. They were just trying to cut my legs out just to eliminate me. So I wouldn't go get the linebacker. That was stuff I was used to. And I thought that a lot of kids dealt with and add to the fact I played at a private school and you know, that there's a, there's kind of an MO um, perceived MO about private school kids. And I, I'm coaching at a private school now and I'm really trying to rid that perception through teaching these kids hard work and showing them um, what it's about. You don't have to be poor to work hard. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be, you know, uh, from a single parent home to experience uh, any type of struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody starts on different playing fields and it's all about what you put in to figure out where you end up. Um, And that's kind of the mindset I had to keep I listened to a lot of little Wayne mixtapes in high school and uh, I was trying to keep a gangster. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was breaking down some lyrics for my wife earlier from a, a little Wayne song from, from his heyday. I forget, I forget which what one was it. Was. Do you I, remember forget, it? I forget which what one was it was. Um, okay. He said, uh, make him feel the escalade, put his feet in the blades. You remember that one? Okay. <laughs> On the heat and the blaze. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, but low, uh, that was the stuff that I had to listen to because I saw my brother listening to it and, you know, kids called us Richie rich and all that. Howie's kids, sperm of Howie, you name it. Like every article about us as athletes started with the son of Howie, yada, yada, yada. That was a chip on our shoulder. We used it and, you know, 15, 16 years later, we're hanging out and we're playing golf and Chris lives at the golf course and fuck those kids. (laughs) <laughs> Fuck them kids. Yeah, it worked uh, out all right for both of you. You were a beast, like baseball player, drafted out of high school. That's what you actually went to Florida State to do, right? Was you were a pitcher. Yeah, I went to Florida State, and then I forgot about everything that I just told you guys, and I ended up rarely going to class and partying all the time. And It was my first time away from home. Um, I shouldn't have gone that far away to school, but I don't have regrets about it because – I got a DUI and I went out West. I got clean and went to junior college for two years. So a guy who got drafted essentially would have been drafted two sports, pretty much high school ends up in junior college on the West coast. I don't know anybody I'm working at a Jack surfboards in Newport beach, um, make a minimum wage. And I think I got fired like my third month because I was smoking too many cigarettes out front. And they were like, this is like a, <laughs> this is like a business Kyle. Like you can't do that. So they told me to leave and that's when I went and played football at junior college. Um, and yeah, Mark McElroy was my coach. He was like, will you show up to practice? I said, yes. And you know, the rest is history. I played two years there and then Chip Kelly offered me to play at Oregon. Um, I rode the bench until week 10, somebody got hurt. I came in, played, played well enough to get an invite to the senior bowl. And I played well enough there against some really stiff competition SEC guys, you know, it was my first opportunity to play against the guys from the SEC who are like, you know, I would imagine it's like being a U.S. player and getting your first opportunity to play against guys from across the pond. Like, you know that they play the same game, but it's a different style and they have yada, yada, yada. I went down to the Senior Bowl and I just 
kind of went Batman on some guys and uh, it worked out well. And the bears drafted me in the first round and everybody said it was a stretch because of my dad. And then again, I found, I found myself in that cycle of thinking where it's like, Oh yes, fuck them. Fuck them. Like I want to read everything, you know, like I'll read everything. Um, and I did. And, you know, I went pro bowl rookie, all pro second year, pro bowl third year at tackle. I switched positions and then I got hurt. Um, I got rolled up on, uh, three years in a row. Um, now I got metal in my neck, in my leg, I've got a reconstructed right ankle. I've got two torn labrums. Uh, You know, each shoulder is torn. And then I have the Tommy John uh, tear. I haven't fixed it yet, but I can play golf and I can walk 18 holes. And sometimes I can walk 36 and my wife lets me and I love golf and you guys get it. Yeah, you're you're perfect. Just the guy. If you get I can't that Tommy imagine. John, you might be throwing a hundred right now. Too might not you be. Don't too late don't. For, ta- I'm just leagues. dumb enough to try it. So just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but so you you obviously were on the offensive line. Your brother was on the defensive line. Did y'all ever go up against each other in the NFL? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I never Let's thought. Let's hear about yes, that. Yes. I never one. thought you'd ask about that. So uh, <laughs> Chris, my brother, my dearest brother, Chris. He's four years four years older than me. Defensive end. He was the number two pick in the NFL draft mm-hmm. out of University of Virginia. Highly educated. You know. Grammy nominated, whatever the fuck Kanye said. Um, <laughs> He's got it everything. all. Pull it okay, through. so Chris was everybody's All-American. I went to high school pretty much in his shadow. We ended up going to the league different times. Obviously, he was on the Rams. He, you know, 80 sacks in the NFL. He had double-digit sacks four times, I want to say. Never made a Pro Bowl, and in large part, that's due to the market. Um, I know the PGA just had a change in the, the salaries and popularity and all that kind of shit, and some guys have issue with that as they well should same kind of issue my brother should have with pro bowl voting because he's a pro bowler in my book he was a better player for longer in the league than i was um and he's got two super bowls hard to beat that for me but we played against each other my rookie year we were in st louis it was a thursday game on thanksgiving and my entire family was there because my dad does fox nfl sunday and he was able to, he was able to be there and bunch of family in town, bunch of friends. And, uh, William Hayes, Chris's best buddy on the D line on the Rams is finds me after an interception and hits me late. So I chase him 30 yards down the field and I, and I get him on the ground and I start giving him the business like physically, not just yelling at him. Like I'm on him. I'm digging elbows in the throat and you're not allowed to punch, right? You're not allowed to punch, kick, spit, but you can dig elbows and you can push a little bit until they get you off of them. I got a little carried away. The whole Rams defense is on me now, pulling me off of him. My brother sprints off the sideline to pull me off. Seven of the Rams guys just give up. Two of my guys are over there pulling. When they get my arms back, I kick. I kick. I kicked William Hayes, who I'm still friends with today. <laughs> and Chris, uh, Chris was there, and he was the one that got me off. And uh, wow, he he got me off of a pile. He didn't get me off. That was a strange clip. Right. But uh, but that'll be our clip. Pause. Yeah, yeah, that'll be our highlight clip. So Chris pulls me off of the pile, and you know, I remember chaos ensued. It was a bit, you know, referees, nobody knows what to do. It's a, it's a melee on the field, but the fight's over. There's just a lot of commotion. Chris looks at me, he's five yards away from me. And he says, now you're going to get that fucking FedEx. And I didn't know what he was talking about. 
Turns out the next week, by the way, the night was terrible. The Rams beat us. We got bullied. Uh, Chris had a great game. I didn't play so well. Um, that next week on Wednesday, I had a FedEx in my locker and it was like a $30,000 fine from the NFL. Mm -hmm. Clearly Chris has had a few FedEx boxes (laughs) and he was giving me fair warning. So, uh, and, and, you know, the great thing about being an away team on that day was we left the stadium immediately and went to the hotel. We flew home. Chris had to stay in St. Louis at the team hotel or at the hotel at the Ritz, like whatever, watch with the 30 family members. And uh, everybody was bent out of shape. Is Kyle going to get kicked out? Yeah, he's a rookie. Bo is terrible. Everybody thought I was a criminal. It's not a good day. So, yeah, we played. And then we did have a joint. We've played multiple times. We played in the wild card game, the double joint game. You remember that? Cody Parkey? Mm-mm. Chris was in I that know. game. Bears, 2018 against the Eagles in the wild card. It was my first year in the playoffs. And it was their D-line was Michael Bennett, Brandon Graham, Chris, you name it. They had dudes and we had Trubisky at quarterback. He was a pro bowler that year. We were playing great. Matt Nagy was coach of the year and we got to like a 43 yard field goal left hash. Uh, you know, our offense got all the way down the field to take the lead and we missed the field goal. It hit the left upright and then it hit the right the upright. Doink. Yeah. And uh, Collinsworth, I think Collinsworth said, Oh, the double doink. He was like, what's the double doink? And since then, Cody, you know, Cody Parkey went on Good Morning America. He got released. We had 30 kickers in rookie minicamp the next year. It was like a mind fuck. It ruined our whole season. Like the next season was terrible. Everybody got fired. They blew the whole building up. You know the deal. Um, So we played Chris in that game, which is historic. His kids walk up to me and say double doink still. And... We did nice a, parenting. Yeah, Chris. We, we nice did parenting. we did a joint practice in New England with Bill Belichick and you know John Fox was the coach for the Bears. And joint practice is a week of practicing against the Patriots, you know, as the Bears. And my brother's on the D line, I'm on the O line, and practice sucks. And we're going to be there the whole week. Luckily, there was no fights the entire week. Um, I did break his ribs on that Wednesday. He beat me with an inside rush, and I tr- <laughs> so like I went to block him here, and he went this way. And I went here and all I had was my right hand available. And I just threw it across my body and I hit him square on the ribs. He yelped like a dog when you step on their like tail or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, it still hurts him, his rib, that bastard. And uh, yeah, so we've played against each other. Always stressful. It's my least favorite thing is playing against my brother. I'd rather be yeah, in an yeah. altercation with somebody I don't know. Who's the better golfer? Me. Okay. No, hands that was quick, that. quick. He doesn't play, so it's answer, kind of I'm a shoe right in. I'm a shoe in. Okay, oh, okay. So you got yeah. that. Go back to that fight though in uh, St. Louis because that William Hayes. Didn't you just go on like a vacation with him like before that? Weren't y'all like boys already? Yeah. So when I got drafted by the Bears, the or the University of Oregon's uh, it was on like quarter system or something, and I wasn't able to go to the spring practices with the newly drafted players for whatever reason other schools that were on trimesters guys were graduated in the right time they could be there so chris said why don't you just come hang out with the d-line from the rams we're going to vegas for memorial day i said great i just got paid you know let's go screw it so we go out there it's william hayes it's all those boys and we had an absolute blast it was my first real core memory as an nfl player like i felt like i was in the league you know what i mean everywhere we went 
girls were checking us out or at least in my mind in my young rookie mind i was like these <laughs> girls all are checking us out they all love us you know we're so handsome and cool and uh which is not the case but uh, that was my core memory william hayes was there he's always been like a big brother to me and yeah he he tr he tried he tried me man he really came at me and uh we always talk about it still chris will face like well chris and i'll be drunk and he'll facetime william hayes and just to have us <laughs> stare at each other like two dogs when you like rub their heads together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. Oh, we could talk football stories like I got, all day. I'm going to ask one more just because we're talking about going up against your brother and how okay. much it sucks and things like that. Not counting your brother. Give me just the scariest dude that you played against lining up on the other side. You're like, fuck, I got four quarters against this dude. He's an <sighs> animal. Who'd you dread the most? Well, they're all scary. Um, yeah. My rookie year. The Bears drafted me to protect Jay Cutler from Indomitian Sue. And oh, that was shit, when yeah. he was on the Lions. And I'm a guard, so Indomitian Sue is my guy. And the first time we went to Detroit, it was, you know, week seven or something, I want to guess. I hadn't given up a sack. He called me golden boy in the media the whole week. You know what I mean? Like, he really laid it on thick. He's old school chirp. Like, he would have been, like, with uh, the Hickory Clubs. He would have been a good shit talker then. Um, and we went and played them in Detroit, which is, you know, historically not a tremendous team, but that place gets raucous. And that defense at the time had really good players, Willie Young being one of them, defensive end, and Sue. And Sue bull rushed me, went to the outside. I threw him to the outside, and Cutler was escaping to the right because somebody over there got beat. I can't, I can't remember either. Cutler felt me and he tried to run or somebody else was there. Sue got a sack. It was the first sack I'd given up. And it was like, I was, I knew that I was on TV. It was the first time I had been beat publicly. You know, it was a real make or break moment for me in my career. And the only saving grace that I had was, uh, you know, you get to line up and play again in 10, 15 seconds. And we battled, man, we battled. And I, I really feel like uh, they dropped that day. My boys dropped that day and I got to play him again. I got to play him again at soldier field, you know, seven weeks later, six weeks later. And I fared better that game. And it was really a, it was a UFC fight. You know what I mean? You watch some of these fights and you're like, my God, these guys are never going to go down. They're just beating the shit out of each other. It was like that. And at the end of it, when the final whistle blew, it was like, I respect you. You respect me. No words were said. I still haven't talked to Sue. I mean, I saw him at the Pro Bowl that year, actually. My locker was right next to him for practice. Still didn't talk to me. He kind of gave me the, like, yeah. he, yeah. he knew me. He knew me, though. Yeah. He yeah. fucking yeah. knew yeah. me. And uh, <laughs> I was so excited about that. But yeah, Sue is that. And then the guy that I didn't match up against ever was Aaron Donald because the games that we played oh, against them, I was lucky. a tackle. But when he got in the league and training camp, Chris called me and he said, we have a Hall of Famer that we just drafted. And I was like, shut the fuck up, dude. I was like, you know, quit taking your mushrooms. It's Tuesday. And uh, <laughs> he was like, no, Kyle, I'm serious. This guy is really 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 good aaron donald you should check him out and then lo and behold aaron donald is aaron donald. he's ridiculous God. watching him do those drills and stuff when they were on hard knocks i'm like how does a man that big move that fast yeah it's stupid it's stupid God. Yeah, he's got his shirt off i'm like I, i'm not the same species no, so we're not cool. this is not this is like varsity and then d team i want to see a guy like that with all that hip power just get some lessons 
and uh, just smooth a couple woods. Yeah, can he move? I can't I don't he, know if he can put his I don't arms know if he can, together. Like turn. Dude, he, I, I mean, I'm convinced that guy can do muscle. anything. If you told me he could fly, I would say he could probably fly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's a beast. All right, yeah. well, we got to get in. That'd be a tough one. We got to get into our E9 real quick before we let you get out of here. We ask this to everyone. You can trade lives with anyone, dead or alive. You get to be him for a day. Who's it going to be? Bobby Jones, post-retirement. God, you oh, are wow. a golf nut. Jam, this that was is quick, great. Quick, too. Quick on the trigger. Post-retirement. Interesting. Ooh, what was he doing, bro? Yeah, that was before Twitter and all that. Too. He was get, definitely getting more money off. To, he had the Bobby Jones live tour, the non-blood money, big money. <laughs> he was because he took his earnings and then he just created an underground like backdoor poker game between all these guys. That's what I'm convinced of. I love this. Bobby Jones post-retirement. It's called fa right. fan fiction. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, fan fiction. I like that. All right. I've been told that you're a big drinker of john daly's on the golf course and everywhere you go you rank you give a ranking like which course got the best john daly's give me the give me the kyle long um best john daly's in the country so ranking breakdown. the best uh i had a yellowstone john daly and i don't know what was in it it was at the yellowstone club and uh that was phenomenal that was special now i'll give a special nod to montana because i'm a summer resident there uh you know the number two one which is usually number one is birdwood uh, golf course at the Boar's Head Inn is like stupid. Every all their drinks are delicious. The transfusion there is phenomenal, but the daily is like a fastball. You can call it and it hits every time. What do you What do you think makes it, it a great John Daly? Is there um, something secret in there that we don't know about the ratio? I don't want it to be too because if it's too strong, you're reminded of what you're doing. Mm, fair. Uh, yeah, and if it's too can. light, you can always get another one. Touche. Touche. Yeah, it's like a lag. Right, it's like man. a lag putt with booze. <laughs> all right, all right, Anything next. at Yellowstone, I gotta think, has got to be the best. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, you can go hang out with Faldo in Montana in the summer. He'll give you some lessons. Yeah, I want to go up to ba a Banff squares. with LV. I want to go talk to LV uh, up there in the in the Canadian Rockies. Yeah. Okay. See a moose. <laughs> See a moose. All right. Next one. You come to a long line at a crowded, crowded Chicago bar or restaurant. Who has a better chance of getting to skip the line and let in a star player for the bears or the Cubs? Depends on their record, <laughs> but I'm going to say a star player on the bears. Okay. Cubs are a pretty big deal as well. They're, I mean, Chicago is a very going. passionate sports city. They love all. Yeah. But if the doorman is wearing a white Sox hat, good yeah, point. they split good town. Point. Good point. Tough shit. Go to the back. It depends on which, which, <laughs> team the bear threw the first pitch out for okay mm. you know like there's Got layers it. to this shit chicago's it's like yeah. it's complicated it's like house of cards bro <laughs> <laughs> maybe the dude's from detroit you never know yeah. you know okay like uh it. all right you mentioned him earlier i need to know this in your opinion where is jay cutler more elite as a quarterback or on reality tv uh i would have to say on reality tv because uh he was a beast you can't replicate what he does and his personality and that's really how he wakes up and is he's just that way and i love to annoy jay man he like he's so much fun and on the football field he's serious and uh you know people can it takes away from the way people feel about him 
because he doesn't want to go talk to the press after a game, win or loss. Like he doesn't want to fucking talk to the press. But when you get him out there in a in a, in a reality TV setting, he doesn't feel the same type of pressure to perform and carry a team. He can just be himself, and he is elite at being Jay Cutler. Nobody's better at being themselves <laughs> than Jay Cutler. He was whatever the show with Kristen was. Keep he it, was yeah, unreal. Yeah. He needs another one. Would just follow Jay around. Give a shit who else is on it. Just follow him around. Let me see what he does. He was I was mesmerized by him. You got to get him on. He does. He does pods now. He's got a great studio. He's uh, let's get him. Love let's to. get him. Yeah. We'll lean on you for that. Is he a yeah. golfer at all? No, he but he's he's he, he is a freak athlete. Like, yeah, silly. Uh, p- pick up anything and do it type. Um, and he's explosive. You know, jump out of the gym, explosive. He's a quarterback. Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned you would like to see Rory with some pads on. So I'm going to throw this at you. You can pick. I need you to pick one offensive offensive player and one defensive player out of, out of the current pool of PGA Tour players. Who are you going to take? Um, I'm going to put Tony Finau at tight end. Okay. And I'm going to put <sighs> I put like Sepp Straka at nose tackle. No, I'm going to put, put Barn right, right in the put, middle. Uh, I'm going to put Scheffler at D end and I'm going to put uh Fina at tight end and we're going to have a nice little third down uh, you know, match up there. Okay. Have some length. I like it. Some length. Yeah, Shuffler. All right. I, I mean, I put I, I put Rory in the slot, and I probably put Max uh, somewhere out there. Although, like, he just he's got that little Kickers. he's got that jaunt about him when he walks. I don't know if he's a good sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> he walks like someone got the cool knocked out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, all right. Where am I here? All right, here we go. Here's one you probably also saw coming. Um, but as a man, where do you feel most vulnerable? On a hole where you are forced to hit driver off the tee and you got trouble on both sides, or Instagram live in club dub. Oof, I would say <laughs> I probably panic more on the tee box where you have to clear 280 because that's my that's like the cutoff for my four hybrid. Like I go from four hybrid to driver, I don't have anything between yet, so um, that's that's fear inducing. Now, you know everybody has a penis, right? Um, Everybody's been naked. You know, everybody's been naked in a locker room. Now, my guy Tariq Cohen, good homie of mine, still like I still talk to him. He he made a lapse in judgment as a young player, and you know we have five minutes in the locker room after the one two three team. We have five minutes before there's any media allowed, right? So, a veteran says, "I'm going to get my towel and go to the the bathroom and go take a shower." And get out of here and get on the bus and go do whatever it is that grown folks do after they get off work. Um, Tariq wants to dance. So now my, you know, things happen. Things happen. But I will say the air conditioning worked tremendously well in the Washington football team locker room. The compression shorts did compress. Everything was working as planned. Um, Way to go, team. Beautiful. At least it wasn't a December game. Could have, could have been a little, you it's know. December in that locker room, bud. Don't you forget it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I don't know what all golf courses you've played, but let's just say you got one last round to play. Where's it going to be? Uh, like if I find out that I got till tomorrow. Yep. Um, this is it. I'm going to go to the Polson Bay golf course. It's a municipal course on Flathead Lake in Montana where I played my first round ever. It's where I play every day in the summer. 
with my family or my brother, my younger brother, Howie. And, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be it. Okay. Montana. Didn't think that was going to be the answer, but good has, spot to has be, a great though. meeting. Yeah. Very good spot to be. All right. I'm very interested in this next question, Kyle, because as a former Chicago bear with a smooth dome, right up top, I need your opinion. Brian Erlacher, mm. hero or traitor to the bald, beautiful men of Chicago he, after the hair. He is, he is a traitor. But then when you realize mm. how many, how many billboards there are up, you can see that he made out, God. he made out very well. Um, and those billboards have been up for about like a decade. It feels like now. So he's doing all right. They're still to, there. So the good restore. for you, Brian, but just know that I do have some, some thoughts about that. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. God, God, like God only made, on God only made a few perfect heads and he didn't put hair on any of them. <laughs> oh there you go that's good there you go that's good all right last one i know you're big into nicknames you mentioned belly corda earlier which i think that's is fantastic good. Good. um give me some of your favorite nicknames in sports uh favorite nicknames in sports well anything that Shaq had growing up like if you just had a list of all like you know the big aristotle and you know shakrates shakrates yeah. was it you know it's just funny that's just <laughs> that stuff is funny as a kid my grandpa called me Tiger. Had nothing to do with Tiger Woods. I, I think it was from an old song that he used to sing um, to me. Maybe when I was little, uh, you know, he, my little brother broke his leg when he was six, so he was called Peg Leg by my grandpa. I think I get this uh, affinity for nicknames from my grandfather, and I like it in sport a lot. Especially, uh, you know, I enjoy the coverage of the U.S. amateur stuff, Colt, and how it's like an alternative broadcast. And I think that these young amateurs and guys like myself, they don't, I don't know their names until they win the damn thing. And then, you know, if you, if there's something to remember somebody by like a nickname, like if there was a thick kid out there and you called him Thiger Woods, um, people would well, remember, people remember that like the redheaded ball boy from the Florida state Seminoles, like ten, when Jameis was playing, do you remember that guy? Remember the ball boy? Uh -uh. There was a ball boy and you'll find him when you look at this. He would sprint down the field when Jameis would. When people oh, would tackle him, yes. he would rip fuckers off of Jameis. He was ready to go. <laughs> and they called him like, you know, Big Red or something like that. But, you know, that guy was famous for a bit. If you can if you can be the catalyst for a guy by giving them a good nickname and they can just take that and go shoot a 68, who knows? Maybe something That's starts. Fair. I'll I'll give you a couple you like. So I was playing golf down in New Orleans with Cooper Manning. He's got a buddy, oh, heavy set Spaniard fellow. That's a good player. Two handicap. Call him Heavy Ballesteros, uh -huh. which I, I thought that. was fantastic. Yeah, touch of class. And then him and re him yeah. in return. Obviously, Cooper, being the shittiest of the Manning brothers, calls him Leangelo as Leangelo Ball. Yes. yes. Ball. I was like, this is beautiful. I love those this. Are, <laughs> those are A plus yep. nicknames. See, stuff like that yep. is amazing. Um and I feel like that kind of comedy has missed out on a lot of these broadcasts now. Well, at least what, what I grew up with golf was very serious and guys who are whispering and we're here, you got to keep it down a little bit. I want to get rowdy, bro. Like give me a room I can get rowdy in at the golf course and I'll do a live stream in a soundproof room that I can see out of that you can't see in and we'll just have a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you, you come to Scottsdale this year for WM Phoenix Open and sit with me on Saturday on 16, and you can be as loud as you want. I've never been to the waste management. You. My folks live right up the hill there at Silverleaf, and I we could go just crash. Do they really? Yeah, we could go crash yeah. up there. Uh, come, come see us in February. If you like to get rat 16 yep. is your 
That's your Guys, ground zero. I am in. It sounds that. like we, we have a, a nice coffee date for the next time we speak. Yes. Yes. I cannot wait. Well, Kyle, this has been so much fun, yeah. man. We really appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks. I hope the guys uh, and the gals who are listening enjoy it. And I, I sure did. So thanks. And I hope to talk to you guys again soon. All right. Well, that was Kyle Long joining us on Golf Subpar. Uh, how about his dad said, football's not for everyone, so it's turned out okay for him. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't for, he was a monster, monster pitcher. Huge. Coming, I mean, not just monster like size wise, but he was like really, really good. I was like the next thing. And it's also nice to be a dude that can be like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna play baseball. Oh, that didn't work out. All right. I just go instead. I'll just part. I'll just uh, go ahead and go to the NFL and have a long yeah. career in the NFL. Baseball didn't work out, although baseball being a pitcher, being a beast that throws heat, a big left hander, uh, pretty good money in that as well. I, I didn't have that option is either golf or nothing. Yeah, you chose correctly. I did. You chose but correctly. man, he, he is awesome. Smart guy. Loves golf. As, I mean, absolutely obsessed. Plays every second he can. Um, got what? What? How about Brian Erlacher being a little traitor on the baldness? I'm I, I'm team Kyle Long with the baldness. Yeah, I wanted to get that in there because Kyle Long, he's a guy that's embraced it. You're a guy that's embraced it. Kyle's up there in Chicago. You've been there, dude. I don't know when, what year Brian got this surgery, but like, dude, the billboards are still everywhere. It's like Vegas seeing. Chris Angel. I mean, it's every freaking billboard in the town. The dude's still on it. Um, so I didn't know if, you know, other bald people from the city of Chicago see him as the hero, as the way out, or if he's like, no, dude, you abandoned us. You had all if we had together. Hair. If we had hair, it wouldn't be fair. Would not be fair. How about also, this has gotten some pub, but dude, how about the, this is another case of why the internet sucks ass. Um, win a game. You're just trying to hang out, grab a shower, get clothed up, go see your fam, have a couple pops, whatever. And dude just turns on Instagram live, catch you back there, just changing clothes. By the way, after, like you said, compression shorts, all the, all the shit. It's just like, you couldn't caught me at a worse time, bro. Is he a grower or a shower? I don't, I don't know, but it could have been worse, dude. Some of those games up there in Chicago with that wind blowing, it could have been a December Chilly. game. Could have been a December game. That would hurt the rep, but he bounced back, uh, Bounce back from that thing very nicely. He's awesome. I can't wait for He's going to come out to Scottsdale. We'll play a little golf. He's posting, like, swings on Instagram every nonstop. four hours, it seems like. Every, just nonstop. Like, he loves it, dude. Pretty pretty good move, too, for a dude that's just an animal and just started playing golf. Yep. All right. Well, let's get to some picks for the week because, I mean, if let's you didn't pause last week, you're out, of, you're out of your mind because we both hit football. You hit golf. Tom Kim, I mean, what else do you want? We're going. We're going right now. It's money-making season, baby. I'm going to lead off right now since I got the hot hand. And you know what I'm going to do, Colt? I'm going to stay hot because back-to-back -back ain't cheating. Tom Kim is going off 16-1, to dude. Two wins in his last 18 starts. I don't think I've done this, but I'm, I haven't picked a whole, a whole lot of winners in the last year. I mean, he, like I was saying earlier, I think he's just in that pocket right now where everything's easy. Like, he's having fun. He's handled this, you know, rise to fame. Seems like he's oblivious to it out there. Reminds me, like, a little bit of young Sergio. Like, he looks like he's having fun on the golf course where everybody else looks like they're working. That didn't that didn't stick around for Sergio. He's, he turned more into a little bit of a little sourpuss out there on the golf course. But Tom Kim just looks like everything's just stacking up right now. I mean, I'm going to ride the hot hand after President's Cup, Shriners, 16 to 1. Let's go back to back. You don't, you don't have to worry about it being hungover. That's good news. Exactly. That's a nice, that's nice too. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the, I mean, we're in Japan, Zozo. Hometown hero, Hideki Matsuyama. Let's go, baby. Elvis Matsuyama. They show up. Dude, they show up for Hideki over there. 
He's a dude. I don't know what kind of endorsement deals he's got, but they are substantial. He's going to be the man over and there. How yeah. do I go against him? I mean, he his first ever English interview, Gravy in the Sleeves on Sirius XM. That's true, dude. That's true. That's a big... He's going to remember that for forever. It's like Masters, that interview in English. Big time deal. All right. All right. Dark horse-wise, I'm going to go to a guy who's sneaky been playing some very good golf. Made it to the Tour Championship this past year. Uh, also a guy, probably not going to worry about him being hungover because the guy lives in the gym, Scott Stallings. He is. He's the sneakiest, best-playing player on the planet right now that nobody talks about. Dude didn't peel off any wins, but it just seems like top tens over and over. Scott Stallings, he's going to be under the radar. It's a good dark horse. I'm going to go with the guy that I know is going to win at some point, Cole. I don't know when the hell it's going to be, but I'm going to go ahead and pick him this week and roll the dice. Cam Davis. Uh, he finished off the year last year, five top 20s in his last six starts. Actually, all five of those were 16th or better. A few top 10s sprinkled in there. Talent-wise, the kid's a beast. Uh, it's just getting that putter to work just a little bit. But he's going to win. He's like the prototypical modern golfer. And uh, I think it's coming soon. I think the President's Cup playing under that, you know, magnifying glass. And that deal was a big help for him. And uh, I'll just – I'll roll it with Cam Davis. When not – not to step on your toes here, but when you say win, you mean win again because he did win the Rocket Mortgage. When, no like – I mean, like, win, like, he's going to become a guy that we expect to win and wins each year going forward. The talent is just monstrous. So you look at that golf swing and you're like, yep, he's tall, he's lanky, it's bombs, he does all the stuff. Well, that's the shit we don't know anything about. Let's talk about football, which we are experts at, obviously. Finally. Uh, we are on a fucking heater. It's, so thank well Jesus, by the way, because it's the only bets I win each week are these ones right here, and then I go into just the darkness. If you were at enough discipline to just pick, just bet the games you bet on here, you'd be richer and shit. You might leave I me feel, actually. So I know. I feel like I'm that. starting off hot every single week, and then it just goes to shit. And I win the first one again the next week and do the same thing. All right, this this pains me because I got to take our guy Trent Rathman's school. I'm going mm. Michigan minus six and a half over Penn State. See if they can keep this thing rolling. At the Big House, don't hate that at all. They've looked good. Defense monstrous. I'm gonna stay. In the Big 12. That's my bread and butter. Going frogs I watch, again? watch a lot of football. I'm not going frogs again. I'm 2-0 and on the frogs. By the way, shout out to my boys, Clipping Kansas. 5-0 and on the year. Also, more importantly, Colt, one of the only teams in the country undefeated against the spread this season. That's, first have, off, that's all that matters. That is have all that matters. not let off. No, I have not let you down if you bet frogs at any point this season. I'm not. It's a tough game this week. Okie State favored at home. They're good. I don't know. We're going to see how that goes. But I'm staying in the Big 12. I'm going to go Baylor, a team that I think's a little bit better than their record. They're given three and a half at West Virginia. Weird shit happens in Morgantown. It's a different beast. It's like entering a little black hole up there. Those fans are nuts. But I think Baylor's better than they're getting credit for. I think they, I think they handle West Virginia uh, by more than a field goal. They're given three and a half. Watch out for that hook. But I'm taking the Baylor Bears. And it pains me to pick Baylor in anything. That one, that one makes me a little nervous. I feel like Pat McAfee might be there running around, getting the fucking crowd going nuts. It could be uh, it could be wild up there in Morgantown. It's wild. It's like Lubbock. Lubbock and Morgantown. You go there and you're like entering. It's like landing on the moon. You're like, oh, some weird shit's about to happen. Tortillas, bottles of piss. You name it, it's coming at you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Please, I got to head out for an E9 here at Grove 23. Go get them, dude. Try to, try to win. Try to win. Give us some more content. All right. I'll do my best. By the way, next week, our first guest that might hit it straighter than I do, Fred Funk, is going to join us on Golf Subpar. That's right. Funk Master Fred in the house. All right, everyone have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on Golf Stuff Park.